thine, O Lord, I have heard your voice. May we hear your voice again once more in this second half of the year in the name of Jesus. May you tell of your love to us. May we long to rise in the arms of faith and righteous living. May we rise in the arms of your grace and sustainable difference in the way we conduct our affairs. May we be closer drawn to you. Consecrate us to your life and service. Let our souls look up with a steadfast hope and our will, our ways of lifestyle be lost in yours. And let your nature be found in us. Speak to us, O God, by your Spirit. Incline our hearts to hear. Bring conviction to our lives. And bring a definite decision to follow you every single day of our life. And live for you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. And everybody say Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to thank the Lord for his mercy in bringing us to the second half of the year. Today is July 1. Coincidentally, the first day of this month, the first day of this week, the first day of the second half of the year. I'm sure the Lord made it so, so he can reinforce his grace and mercy upon us. To him be praise and glory in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't take it for granted. A number of things, so many have happened within the first half of the year, even just in this past one month. By this time, a week ago, early hours of Sunday morning, people in Plateau were being massacred and slaughtered like rams, roasted, stark naked, the height of wickedness, at the last count, we are told more than 200, but you can be sure that that's unofficial reports. And if you think that was far enough, by Thursday, we are told that to Tedola Bridge in Lagos, a tanker exploded and left in its week more than 50 vehicles burnt to ashes and more than 9, 10 casualties. It could be more than that. You may say these are far and fetched. Just a couple of weeks ago, a pastor of Redeemed Christian Church was on his way from where he resides here in Enugu to Ezago on a Sunday morning. He never made it there. And on the Onyama Mine area, he, together with Six other members of his family, his wife, his five children, and a neighbor's child who was in the car with them, eight altogether perished. And their bodies were found here at Mortuary of Parkland. You can go on and on, and you think they are far from us, but this is God's mercies that have preserved you and I. And if you have been alive to today, it's because God has not finished with you. And it's because God sees the time is not yet. And when we are discussing about this, just two days ago we buried my cousin after a protracted period of illness. 
Yesterday, some of you were from Nsuka where a bishop died. So, high and low of all scales of life. And we're saying, how come? Because another redeemed pastor in a different part of the country also lost his life within a few couple of weeks ago. And we're wondering, and she reminded me that this pastor who has been traveling to Ezago has been doing so three times a week. Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, since 2010. And God has spared him all this while. And on the weekdays, he will finish his work at EEDC, or former NEPA, and enter the vehicle to go. And it appears God says his time was up. Because if God was able to deliver him all these years, he was still able to deliver him with his family. But what's that telling us? It's the mercies of God that have kept us here now. Brought us from the first half of the year till this July 1. To him be praise and glory in the name of Jesus. That will give us a heart of soberness. That will also give us a mind of reflecting afresh. When they told Jesus about those Galileans whose pilot had mingled their blood with their sacrifice in Luke chapter 13, Jesus came out with an answer. And asked them, do you think that those Galileans who had been murdered were sinners above all else who were in Galilee? And he followed up in verse 3 of that Luke 13 and said, Nay, not true, not exactly. But I tell you, except you repent, you shall all likewise do what? Perish. And that brings us again to our topic for today. Kingdom priorities, seeking the kingdom affairs, living like somebody who has found the kingdom where you belong to, living like those who would have repented, or except you repent, you may also be meet any day. And even those who have repented ought to live the way that those who they live after has also lived. That they may be like him and abide and walk like him. That's our desire. God has seen us through this festival of the year. He wants to reinforce what he's doing in our lives. And tell us it's not a joke. Having left us here now. It is for a reason. It is for us to fulfill his program. And to live out his purpose. And to live it in the best possible way. As those who have been found as his children in his kingdom. That what Jesus retorted about the Galileans may be spoken of us, not in the positive. That we would all have repented because that's the challenge Jesus was giving them. All of you here who are telling this story and beating your heart and saying, thank God I'm alive. You say, this is the challenge. Except you all also believe and become members of the kingdom. It's also a destruction. It's just a matter of when and a matter of time. But we thank God that he has had mercy upon us and he will preserve us. And we will not go until he has finished his work with us in the name of Jesus Christ. And so Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Can we all read it from our different versions of the Bible? Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. We continued from kingdom lifestyle, a life of one that shows he belongs to a different kingdom, 
not just the kingdom of the world or the kingdom of men or where we live and let die. Where we live for tomorrow we shall perish. But where we have found solace and where we need to walk with. Matthew 6.33 Can we read it together? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Again, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. This looks like the summary of a lifestyle. What to seek, what to pay attention to, and how what you should have sought after will be taken care of. That's the summary of a Christian life. That's the summary of a life that Jesus wants to see, that God has preserved for another day, for another month, for another half of the year. That's the priority. That's how kingdom order of lifestyle goes. And who was the one speaking? So we know he has the authority to say what he's saying. Jesus himself. The author of kingdom lifestyle. The author of kingdom principles. The one who took out time in Matthew chapter 5 and began to speak exclusively to those who were his disciples, not the multitude now. And say, these are the precepts. These are the lifestyle. These are the things, the core values, the attitude, the conviction, the bearing of mind that ought to be in you that will show who you are. And as you live this way, he came to the point and said, this is the summary of what your attitude to life, the summary of your focus, the summary of your daily and weekly priority, the summary of your ambition in life. Seeking what? First, the kingdom and his righteousness. You note there that he didn't say and also. And his righteousness. They go together. And these other things which the Gentiles, verse 32, seek after. Life, body, butter, bread, shelter, what to eat. What to bring, that's what every activity we do in the world revolves around. Shall be what? Added unto you. They will be attached. Praise the Lord. They will be annexed. They will just naturally follow if you live and focus on the one you should seek. And that's the sovereign of our life. Jesus himself. The master who has the key of the kingdom and has given the lifestyle has said, what is he trying to say here? What does Jesus want to convey across to us? He's telling us the essence of living. The whole essence of being alive. The priority that should occupy our attention. What should be the priority of the order of somebody who has been found in the kingdom? How to order your life. The summary of our lifestyle. That's what Jesus was trying to say. Why was he saying this at this point? Because of what had gone on before, what he had said earlier. What occupies the attention of everybody? You give a birth to a child, he learns to suck, he learns to grow, learns to walk, you begin to cater for the child, get clothing on him or her, 
And then at a point, send the child to school. He tries to excel and read and get certificates. Good ones are that. And perhaps when he finishes, what does he do with the certificate? Look for a job or job looks for him or her. You know, there are many whom job is looking for now. They have looked for job and looked for job and it's only the mercies of God that will do what? Make a job, find them. Get a job. Why do you want to get a job? Perhaps after a while, male or female, get married, get back to children. And when you do that, look for food, look for water, look for drink, look for where to put your head upon, and look for clothing. The cycle continues. That's all. That's all the living about life. Make name. Read further. Achieve excellence in business. And expand. Be a contractor. What else? Read. Attend the interviews. Why do you want to do that? To be able to get a job. To be able to get money. To be able to make sales. To be able to put food on the table. Put water and drink there. And put clothing. And find a place to do what? Lay your head. The same thing. That's the whole essence of why most people are alive. And Jesus said, that's what has been happening. And in verse 25, of that passage, he said, take no thoughts. Don't be unduly worried about your life. Amplified version says, therefore I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, worrisome about your life or about your body. Verse 33, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom, and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Seek his own way of being right, of living right, of doing right. And not just the ones that every other person, the Gentiles, the hidden, those who do not know God, those who are not yet categorized as members of the kingdom of God, seek these ones, seek, aim, Look after the things of his kingdom, his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be giving you besides. They will be giving you what? Besides. They won't be in conflict. You won't bother. They will just come along and follow on. Message Bible says, verse 25. If you decide for God, that's the qualification. If you are not just any other person born in the world, if you are not just any other person who wakes up with the morning light and struggles and does a rat race where no rat ever wins and no rat is ever satisfied, is that not what they call what we do for daily living? Whether you're a student or whether you're a worker, it's called what? A rat race. Nobody ever says I'm satisfied. It's okay for me. And then they sleep with the night. Some don't even sleep. Abiola we've been talking about now since June 12th was uh, recognized or the memorialized. We are told that with all his money, with all his business empire, Abiola never slept earlier than 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. And almost half of his bed were stacked with account books of his business one after the other. So even in sleep, he wasn't really asleep. With all the money, he wasn't really satisfied. Of course, that was what took him to look for political power as well. And that's the end of him as it were. So he says here, 
If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, that's the distinction. Unless you still want to belong to the rest of the world. Wake up with everybody, do a rat race, pursue what they pursue, look for food, look for water, look for bread, look for clothing, look for what you put on. That's all your life is involved. But it says if that is the case, you are of all men most miserable. But if you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't force about life or body. You don't bother. You don't give it an undue attention. There is far more to your life than that. Praise the Lord. Verse 33, that message Bible says, Steep your life in God reality. In other words, let your life be soaked. That's what it means to be steeped. Be soaked in God reality. Find God. Find His kingdom. And steep your life also in God initiative. In all your living, in all your lifestyle, in all your decision, let Him give you the priority, the way to go by. And steep your life in God provision. He will provide. Don't worry about missing out. You will find all your everyday human concerns will be met. May this be a message that is clear, resonating in our hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in that verse 25, I say unto you, in other words, there's a practice that is on. A practice through which every human being seems to say that is the normal. That is a tradition. That is what everybody should do to show that you're a normal human being. To show na muziligamuzi. To show na nagemologi. To show that you're a Nigerian. There's a normal practice. But I say unto you, I give you the principle. I give you a different way to look at it. Take no thought. Be not unduly concerned. Life is our greatest concern while we are living in this world. He says, take no thought about it. Take no thought about its continuation. We just talked about those who were not able to enter July 1. They entered June, a couple of days. Those on the plateau, those in Lagos, those around, the pastor and his family. They entered June. They haven't been able to outlive June. They couldn't enter July. That's the end of their story as it were, humanly on this side of eternity. So, don't take thought about its continuance. Because none of you, by worrying about your life, can even add what? One cubit. A cubit is 18 inches. But Jesus was giving a rhetorical statement. It was a question he asked there. A question that the answer is what? Obvious. Which of you, by thinking about whether you will live tomorrow, or what you will do next week, or the plans you have next month, which of you, by taking a thought about it, has the power to do what? Add to your life. In other words, if you take too much thoughts, you may end up being what? Shortening your lifespan. So don't take thought and be unduly worried about its continuance or comfort. The support for life, for your body, for your eating. You have greater and better things to take thought about. You have greater and better things to look after. Look after the life of your soul. Look after your eternal joy and destination. Be more careful. Look after how you please God. It's a sure, easier, safer way. It's also a more definite way to obtain the necessities of life and yet not miss the 
priority of heaven. In other words, Jesus was saying, seek kingdom reality. Seek God and all about him. And every other thing about living, exams, struggling, job, contract, interview, land to build, property, housing, every other thing, according as God does seem good for you, they will be added. They have no obligation but to what? Follow you. I'm repeating it in different ways so that God will find in us a perspective to live in that is clear and convinced and not just like any other person and not just like people who just have no goal or focus. Seek first the kingdom. Others have a priority. Others who are not of the flock of the kingdom have their focus. Others have what occupies their life. And what is it? They go after life, body. And they are preoccupied with it to no end. And some will tell you it is a do or die. And others will tell you it is a live and let die. Not even live and let live. Some will say let my neighbor live and see what I will become tomorrow. Others will now say no, let them not even live. Let them die. That's their own preoccupation for life. That's the way they have gone because they are not yet members of the kingdom. You notice that verse 33, where we read, started with bots. It's because of this background. This is what normally occupies everybody born in the world. They get into the world. They come of age. They become student. They say this is what everybody does. If you want to pass the exams, do it by hook or by crook. Do it by teaching or by cheating. Do it by anyhow. The important thing is produce a certificate. And then they jump in. If you decide to be in contract, oh, cut corners by all means. Live anyhow. If you are in any neighborhood, only man, way fast. Now you own, way go matter. Now him go last. So live that way. Live as if it all depends here. And Jesus said, but, no. What is your preoccupation? Seeking what? First. Not second. Not third. Not even seek also. In other words, there is a priority for you. Seek first. Don't seek last. There are many of us who even though we are in church, or many who work, they say, look, when I retire, then I will give attention to the things of God. When I have more time. When I don't have to answer to business anymore. When my contracts are fading off. That's seeking last. That's seeking also. That's seeking second. Some of us are in our places of office. And we're saying, look, no, the first consideration here is my promotion. It's what my boss says. It's what they do around. Right or wrong is getting favor. That is my first preoccupation. Kingdom, lifestyle, you can keep aside. It doesn't matter whether I'm a Christian or not. Let me just do what is needed to get this promotion through. To pass this. To get this signed. To get this contract. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. That's why Romans 14 verses 17 and 18 says, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. 
which is what every other endeavor, student, young, old, worker, is after. That's what it all ends to. It's not meat and drink and clothing or shelter. Summary of most people's lifestyle. But the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and the joy of the Holy Ghost. God's right standing. God's way of living even while in this world. When you get that and you are living that way, he says, this is what is acceptable before God and it is approved of men. Everyone who serves Christ in this way, in whatever capacity, is acceptable. You can live right in whichever corner you are placed. And so, seek. What does it mean to seek? Aim to. Strive after. Put your whole energy. Pursue. Focus on. Give it your whole attention. Drop every other concern. And give this one a priority. Find it first. Seek the kingdom and his righteousness. They go together. You don't seek the kingdom and even start seeking righteousness. It comes automatically as you find the kingdom and it also guides you and you still aim in that way. It's like asking you to take your bath. Nobody takes his bath as if that is the end. And then you start walking about stuck naked for the whole day. Is that what we do? You take your bath for a purpose. What is the next thing that must happen when you take your bath? In order to be dressed and be able to move around. So seek the kingdom. As you find the kingdom, automatically be dressed up. Continue in that way of pleasing God. Of right living. Of doing right. That's his righteousness. It's the same thing as talking and saying, why do you cook food? Has anybody ever cooked a delicious pot of soup? Or you fried your rice? Or you have gotten a good portion of meal? And the only reason why you cooked it is to be admiring it. Is that why you cooked? You just placed it at the dining table. That the aroma, anybody passing by will know this food is from this address. Is that why you cooked? Then anybody who enters your house, the fragrance is what? Hey, a goosey soup, nay, weber. And for a whole day, that's why you placed it there. Is that the reason? Seek to cook food so that you can satisfy your hunger. Seek the kingdom and also remain in his right way. Don't find the kingdom and bolt away. Don't find the kingdom and go back to the people who you had come away from and live a different lifestyle. So seek the kingdom. Seek also what? His righteousness as your great and principal concern. Aim at heaven. Press towards it and give diligence to make it sure. We have talked about seeking the kingdom at the beginning of the year. And to make it clearer, why are we emphasizing this? That's the only reason why church exists. If you come to church, you're not seeking dress. You're not seeking fame. You're not seeking recognition. If you are, you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong address. And that's how some people get it wrong when they are not recognized for anything. They get it wrong. Because that's not part of the kingdom lifestyle and requirement. If you come to church, you're not there because of welfare concern against the day of burial. 
even uh, social clubs, people's club, they can do that far better. That's not why you're in the church. If you come to church, you're not there because people will recognize all your acquisitions. You come to church because you want to seek the kingdom of God and to do what? And to find it. You come to church because you want to get back to him who created you and be found reconciled with him. That's the reason. The church exists to save the sinners and to prepare those who have been saved for heaven. While they are still living in this world, they live a life that already shows that they belong not only to the kingdom of the world, but they primarily belong to the kingdom of where? God. So we cannot overemphasize it. Any church in where projects, projects, and I know a good number, not only outside, but here in Enugu, the only thing that occupies the attention of the church is project. If we are not building this, we are building that. If we are not decorating the choir store, we are looking for a place to get for the vestry. Then that's the wrong priority. Any church where all the ambition for being there is what can I get? Can I be in one committee or the other? Can I be in the PCC? Can I be in the committee so that each time we meet, it's a gapota, agilini, agalachaka, Unfortunately, nothing like that happens here. It's even of recent because it is once in a quarter like will happen today that we meet that people say to stay long and then decided to get some drink and meat pie. But there are people who it is a day of sumptuous dining. And every other activity that comes in church, are you coming to wedding? Are you coming to announce a burial? Are you coming to look for anything? He gave with everything in the committee again. So, that's the reason for being in church. What can I get out of it? He says no, that's the wrong one. If you are in church and we cannot overemphasize it, let there be a difference that you left your house, made up your mind to come to seek God. Find Him. Find the kingdom in the name of Jesus Christ. And if there is anyone here, who has not yet found the kingdom of God? My dear, is a waste of time, is a waste of resources, is a waste of another opportunity that God has given you to still live on. You are living under the wrath of God. Because he says the prayer of one who is not reconciled to him, who is not already a member of his kingdom, is what? An abomination. How can you be praying and God is saying that is a cause? And what do we focus on if we don't focus on you finding the kingdom? We would have done the wrong thing. Thank God none of the priests here is paid. None of them receives the kobo. Many of the times they put in their own money. So it's not even because you need to get the money for the priest's salary or stipend to increase. No. So the truth is what the kingdom is. Find the kingdom. Father, find the kingdom of God. Mother, find the kingdom of God. Accomplished professional, find the kingdom of God. Student, worker, find the kingdom of God. You have no excuse. And that's why Jesus threw that challenge back to them. You are looking at others as reference. Hey, yeah, their blood was mingled with sacrifice. Hey, yeah, this one is perished. Hey, yeah, it's always out. Look inward. Take a reference to yourself and the kingdom. And we mention 
that we have different kingdoms. We have the kingdom of men, political system. We remember that in Daniel chapter 4 verse 17, the Bible states that God was addressing them, that you may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever he wills. In Acts chapter 1, when Jesus resurrected and was about to ascend, the concern of the disciples and those who followed him then, in verse 6, 7, were, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom, political rulership, power, authority to all Israel? So there's a kingdom of men where people strive to gain power, to get power, political power, business power, administrative power. That's what they are for. That's what makes them tick. That's the kingdom of men. That's all that matters. Scheming, struggling, to be heard, to topple over, to carry over. That's the kingdom of men. There's also the kingdom of the world. In other words, the system of the world's lifestyle. The social system that controls the world. The one that looks after only food, only drink, only what to put on. And then like we heard the other time, it's not that people came for wedding. It is a matter of what did they dress in when they came to wedding. So they categorize you according to what you dressed in. They categorize you according to the car you are driving in. They categorize you according to which school you attended. They categorize you according to which social group you belong to. Social system. That's the kingdom of the world. And we remember the devil taking Jesus up and getting up to a plateau in Luke chapter 4, 5, 6. And said, look, see, the kingdom of the world, all these will I give you. Just fall into my system, my way of evaluation, the things that count most. I will come in there and I will hand them over to you. And we remember Jesus answering in John eighteen thirty six. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my people will fight. But because it is not of this world, I have a different way. I have a different lifestyle. Social system. The way of evaluating things. The way people prize others. That's the kingdom of the world. There's also the kingdom of the devil we know. Ephesians 6.12 tells us, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places, and against what again? All the dark places. We wrestle not against this flesh and blood. We wrestle against the powers, the spiritual wickedness, all in heavenly places. That's the kingdom of the devil. You don't see it naturally, but it's in operation. And that's what seems to govern the hearts of the men who are not yet in the kingdom of God. Because the Bible says that they run a course of this world and the devil has blinded their eyes and their hearts. They don't understand the way you should. Natural, right or wrong. They don't ask, is this right or wrong? They say, who steals more money from government? They say, who is more clever? They say, who can cover his track very quickly that nobody will discover? That's the way their mind is going. They don't value, ah, is this right? It's a which God. If you are here and you are doing well, you're already in heaven. But if things are hard for you, then you already were in hell. And there was also some group, even though it's supposed to be a church group, I'm sure it rained for some time over here in Enugu. I said, if you happen to be going with Legadis Benz, I happen to be going with Volkswagen, then your God is a cost God. 
But my God is good. And my God is a God of now, 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 now. Now, I'm sure you remember that. And so my God will give you the best things around. If you look for any good thing in town, go and claim that one. That's the one my God will give you. That's the system of evaluation. But, seek ye first the kingdom of God. The Pharisees were asking Jesus, give us a sign of when the kingdom of God will come. Want to just evaluate it the way we evaluate our business, our stock market, our pocket money. Tell us how it will come. Jesus told them in Luke 17, verses 20, 21, the kingdom of God does not come with what? Observation. You don't wait for it as if it will announce, I'm coming now, I'm the kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of God is already within you. My presence in your midst has brought what? The kingdom of God. In Luke 10, 9, he told the disciples, as you go preaching, tell them, the kingdom of God is near you. If they hear and receive the word, then the kingdom of God is in them. When Jesus came nearly, he said, preach, repent ye, for the kingdom of God is what? Near. The kingdom of heaven is near. As you open your heart to Jesus coming, to the sole reason why he came, he was with his father in glory. He shared a great pomp and pageantry. He was there at the beginning of the world. When God said, let us. So God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit were there. John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the world. The world was with God. And the world was God. Verse 4. The world was made flesh. And decided to come into our midst. Where men had remained. To shine as a light. And darkness cannot do what? Overcome it. So anyone on whom the light shines. And he opens the door of his heart. To receive that light. Shining not just outwardly. But inside. Has received a membership into the kingdom of God. That's how you enter the kingdom of God. Jesus now made it clear in John 3. Verily, verily, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. And for lack of ambiguity, so that Nicodemus with all his learning will not be in doubt. He repeated in verse 5. Truly, truly, certainly, without any argument, Except a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot see, you cannot enter, you cannot experience, except you are born again. And Nicodemus was not yet satisfied. He said, being a church member, is it not enough? Making effort to come to church every Sunday, is it not enough? Being confirmed, is it not enough? Having some title, is it not enough? Being in some church committee, is it not enough? Being found as a responsible member of the society, is it not enough? Jesus went further in verse 6 and said, He who is born of the flesh is flesh. Your mother born you. First being born. You are born like any other person. But he who is born of the spirit is spirit. The second birth. And that is where you open your heart to the kingdom. And in Romans 8.19 it says, 
If anyone does not have his spirit, he is none of his. So friends, what is the simple message of the kingdom of God? Which Jesus says, seek first. Seek first, not second. Is there anyone here, for any reason, for any mistaken identity, for maybe because you hadn't understood it before now, who assumed that because I was born into a family that is religious, I'm born again, I'm in the kingdom. Wrong, sir. Is there anyone here who assumes that because I do as much as I can to do good to everybody, do good to everybody, do good to everybody, that is my own lifestyle, that is my own philosophy. And you can't even do good to everybody in that instance. Is there anybody here who assumes that because you do charity works, you're already in the kingdom? Wrong assumption. Is there anyone here who assumes that because your name is in this register, one way to heaven? Wrong assumption. Wrong. He's only here to show you a member of this physical body of Christ. There's also a book that is a book of life for the spiritual body of Christ. And that happens only when your name has been entered into the kingdom, the book of life. I'm not sure how many of us will have a better credential than Cornelius. Acts chapter 10. A man, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. And the Bible told us not only this man, but he and his household, they had a record. Cornelius, a Gentile, Cornelius, who was not of the stock of Israel, but his life had a CV that would have surpassed many of the people who are here, if not for the mercy of God and his righteousness. Verse 2 says, he was a devout man. He was one that feared God with his house. Oh, his house. He was also one who gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Always. Onye na sopuru chineke. Onye ya nezi nolo ya nile na atukwe gu chineke. Onye na alo tutuole bere nyendi ju. Charity works. Philanthropy. Helping the needy. Ne kwe kwara chineke kwere mwe nile. Can you beat that? Yet. It wasn't enough. Something was missing. All he was doing in that Acts chapter 10 were only recognized by God as what? A memorial. Verse 4. Your prayers, your arms are come off a memorial before God. But you are still not a member of the kingdom. Send for Peter. Simon. Who is lodging with Simon Etana? When he comes, he will tell you what you ought to do. And when Simon Peter came, Acts 10.34, he says, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, every group, every social stratum, anyone who fears God and does righteousness is accepted of him. And in Acts chapter 10, verses 40 to 44, he introduced Jesus. 
and said, By him, anyone who believes in him will have remission of sins. And that's how Cornelius and his household got into the kingdom. Are you budging those qualifications, students? Father, mother, your parentage, your lineage, where you are born, what you are doing. It's not in a matter of what you are doing. It is in a matter of who is inside you. Are you in the kingdom? Have you opened up your heart for Jesus to come in and forgive you your sins because all our righteousness are like what? Filthy rise before him. And there is none in his own fleshy nature. There is none who was born of flesh who can please him in your flesh. It's not possible. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Exchanged his life for our own. And then God laid our sins on him. A ransom. He paid a price. And the price was his life. And shed his blood. And without the shedding of blood, there would be no word. Remission of sin. He fulfilled that qualification. He went on behalf of you and I. That while we were yet in sin. Not when you will get better. While you are still in the way you are. Christ has gone what? Died for us. And so God shows his love. And says all he simply needs to you to do. Is to come with your heart. Ask him in. Believe him. And let there be a change. So that as our sins were laid upon him. Second Corinthians 5.21 He makes us to be the righteousness of God in exchange. He renews us from within. He changes the real you from within. He changes your perspective of life. Your attitude. Your conviction. Friend, if you haven't done that, you are missing the boots. And I plead with you this morning, seek the kingdom. This morning, open your heart and say, God, I have been hiding under one cloak or the other. I've been hiding under one thing. I've been hiding under there is time. Friend, there's a simple way to know. Romans 8, 9 says, if the spirit of God is not in you, you are none of his. So you need to know. You don't need anybody to ask him. You don't need to tell anybody, don't you think I'm born again? Don't you think I'm a Christian? Look at me, what is it you do that I do not do? Once you start going that way, you're already telling us that the Spirit does not bear witness with you. And in Romans 8.16, it says that the Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Friend, if you haven't got that witness, you are not in the kingdom. You cannot live this lifestyle. You are living on your own. That's a dangerous way to live. You are living just at the realm of food, water, clothing, and shelter. That's also what they cook, the goats. That's exactly what they do. Except that they do not look for even clothing. But these days, human beings in their wisdom are dressing goats and sheep and dogs better than human beings. Are you not hearing that? Some are giving their wills over to them. Some are sleeping, they even decorate the bed where those animals will sleep better than their own. But that's the perversion of knowledge. Are you here this morning and there is no conviction that Jesus has transferred his righteousness to you and your sin is taken away? I beg of you, seek the kingdom. Make it first. 
Drop every other thing that has occupied their attention. We've mentioned a number of people who have died now. You won't die in the name of Jesus. That's our prayer. You won't drop that. But haven't you seen people in the height of their uh, profession, in the height of their pursuit, on the road, at the steering, at banking hall, people drop that. Ambitions are aborted. So find that which makes you acceptable before God and approved of men. Seek the kingdom. Make it a priority. And as you seek, his righteousness is imputed unto you. Praise the Lord. As you seek, his righteousness is transferred to you. Because he said in 1 John chapter 3, that anyone who is in Christ does not make a practice of sin. He does not continue sinning because the life of Christ, the seed of Christ is in him. There's an imputed righteousness. But just like a child is born, you don't leave a child abandoned to just remain that way. You help the child to grow. And at a certain point, the child takes responsibility for his or her growth. Academics, development, putting on his or her own clothes to show I am growing. So, also seek after his righteousness. Remain within that path where you have been given birth to. Don't take excuse to go back again. And that's why Jesus took time to talk now about the kingdom lifestyle. The beatitudes, the blessings, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are those who are merciful, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed also are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. He talked of them, personal values that make you different. Somebody sees you and says, no, this one is not reacting like any person who is a Nigerian. This person is not reacting like somebody who comes from this neighborhood. What's the difference? Because there's a different lifestyle. Because there's a different standard of being right and being wrong. Because there's a different core value you are following. And Jesus initiated them. You not only commit sin when you have got into adultery or when you have killed somebody, but even as you look lustfully, I tell you, you have already gone beyond way out. Except your righteousness is higher than that of the Pharisees who do the one that is physically seen in California, then you will not enter. So that's the whole of Matthew 5, 6, 7. Personal aspects to live right. Family aspects. Sanctity of marriage. Sanctity of life. Sanctity of body. Relationship with others. Forbear others. Tolerate them. And that's what has been most difficult for many of us, especially when it comes to persecution. And that's why we have found it a good deal of teaching around, especially in Matthew 5, 10 to 12. And that place is like the one that is slapping many of us on the cheek. All their prayer have been for the Muslims, for those who persecute the church, for those who stand against you in the way of doing right. God kill them, massacre them, deal with them the way he used to do. And any other person who has been a hindrance to you, a thorn in the flesh, you will make sure that even when you come to this place, you say the kind of prayer that I'm praying here is soft, is gentle. I want to go to where they shake their head. When they shake their head, they say, fall and die. Everyone around me, fall and die. Everyone who looks at me badly, fall and die. Everyone who has something to stand against me, fall and die. If they all fall and die, who will remain now? If they all fall and die, on whom will the sun of righteousness shine? If they all fall and die, for whom did Jesus come? And so he says, All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer what? Persecution. Second Timothy 3.12 Have you been dodging it? 
Are you undergoing any form of persecution for your faith? Are you undergoing any form of challenge for standing for what is right and what is not popular and doing it the way it ought to? Have you been called names? He said rejoice. Don't curse back. Bless. Bless them that curse you. Bless, I say. Do not curse. Pray for them who hate you. Love them who are saying that they are your enemies. Love them. You cannot live this lifestyle unless you are already in the kingdom. And you cannot live this lifestyle unless the Holy Spirit also does what? Helps you. These are the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. And so, if you have been dodging persecution, waving it away, then look at your life again and see whether you have so much gone into the world, compromised with the environment, that there is nothing different that you are upholding. But when they persecute you, it's not a cause for hurt. It's a cause for praying for them. I've had a roommate sometime in the course of the university who was supposed to be a Christian, but he peppered me. I was his senior in the room. I was also one who brought him into the room, but he peppered me. And even though I was in the school then, I had to really ask, think fast, what do I believe? God, what do I do with this young man? Today, thank God, he's a professor somewhere in the central part of Nigeria. I said, this is challenging what I believe. And I began to, he gave me order. He gave me a boundary. I shouldn't cross in the room. But God gave me grace. And I prayed for him. And we became the better. Even when he was having challenges after university days, he would make effort to share them. So, live the lifestyle that shows where you come from. That when people take note, they will know you are not just in this environment, you belong to a different value, kingdom lifestyle. That when they look at you, they will agree where you are coming from. They took note of them. That though they were illiterate men, though they didn't go to any formal school, though they were not lawyers like them, they were not barristers, they were not engineers, they were not people whose names were high known. They took note of their boldness and recognized that they had been with Jesus. May that announce you in the name of Jesus. You don't need to carry a signboard, a badge. That lifestyle announces you. But you have to make up your mind to live that way. And that's the essence of what he's telling us. Live a life that measures up to the standard God set when he called you. First Thessalonians 4.1 Live a life that does not have a double identity. One for the kingdom of God. One for the world. One for your home. One for the office. One for privacy. One for public. Amateur or judge. Live a life that is consistent. Character in Jesus. First John 2.6. Message Bible says. That those who say they are intimate with God. They ought to live the same way that he also did what? Lived. In every manner. In every aspect. In guidance. In direction. Live that way. Live it complete and clear. That the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch was because of their standard of life. They didn't over to anyone. Their lifestyle found them out. May God be acceptable in our lifestyles day or night in the name of Jesus. Secret or open in the name of Jesus. 
If you find yourself having a double lifestyle, having a hidden and an open lifestyle, having a character and a personality augmentation lifestyle, all we are here today now is personality what? Augmentation. The way you want to be seen. I'm seen in this now. Maybe one hour after service, I can be in my suit. That's the way somebody will refer me. That man who was in suit. Maybe in the evening, if I'm going for a parapa meeting, I'll be seen in traditional way. That's personality augmentation. We are seen differently. That's how you want people to perceive you. But let your character remain the same. We have heard that off-quoted saying. If money is lost, nothing is lost. If health is lost, something is lost. But if character, if identity, if lifestyle of somebody who says he's a Christian is lost, then all is lost. Money can always be made again, can't it? Those of you who were here after the war, when you got only 20 pounds, haven't you survived now? Many other people who are multi-business billionaires, I remember FGN okay, at the time I met him, he said he started business with 34 pounds. I still remember that story. 34 pounds. So if money is lost, nothing is lost. It's just a matter of time. If you keep faith, and you will regain again. If health is lost, yes, something is lost, but not all. You are still alive. But if character, if identity, if lifestyle can be missed up, can be clouded, cannot be clearly said for who you are as a member of the kingdom of God, you've lost it all. May you regain them from today in the name of Jesus. And how do you do so? Galatians 5, 22-25 says, The fruit of the Spirit, love, peace, joy, long-suffering, faith, purity, and of such there is no law. It's the Spirit of God that helps you. Walk therefore in the Spirit, that you will not obey the desires of the flesh. And as you do so, you will live being guided by him whom you have already entered his kingdom and he will guide you aright. Submit to him and live out consciously a life that shows this is who I am. In that, heaven accepts. In that, it's approved by men. They will call you names. But First Peter chapter 4 verse 3 tells us the reason. That they call you names, they malign you, they tell lies against you because you have escaped the life which you used to live with them before. And because they have no greater weapon against you, they can't force you, they can't bring you back to the religion, then they paint pictures of you. So if you remember that, live a life that shines the more in this crooked and perverse generation. Holding forth what? The word of life. Not using it as an excuse. Everybody does it once in a while. Live that life of righteousness. And may heaven take note. And may hell take note as well. Because hell also takes note of who is living the life that is right. Hell also knows who has compromised. My prayer today is that you will make up your mind and say, Father, I come back to the lifestyle that you have initiated. And I will live in that. That my identity will be clear in the name of Jesus Christ. And he says, if you do that, your wages will be paid. In other words, live like an ambassador. What does an ambassador do? Ambassador represents his country in a foreign nation. Is the voice of his country. When anything happens in Nigeria, they will speak what their country will say, not what you like to hear. 
sometimes are called to question and even sent back and say you meddle in our internal affairs. I remember when Walter Carrington was around. We were in school then, as it were. Sometimes they would send him around and send him out because it was Sunny Abacha's time. But they would leave their country's lifestyle in a foreign land. They would dress the way their country dresses. Uno Putagodina Bada 1005 or 1010. They will come in their suits. That's their country. They are representing. Before they take any decision, hold a press conference, they will refer back to their parent country and say, this is what we want to say. And they will receive what? He go ahead. That's all an ambassador does. And at the end of the month, he's paid his wages. Receives it duly. For duly representing his country. Can you represent heaven? Duly. In such a way that the things that are the concerns of others, heaven will add them as an attachment to you in the name of Jesus. Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Goodness and mercy shall follow. He didn't say, I shall look for them. I shall seek for them. I shall pursue them. He said, they shall follow. They follow as you live the right life that honors God. Without as much effort. And you will have a testimony. You won't burn your fingers. You won't also have gone the length of all those who have messed up either their lives or their integrity or their money. You can begin a ride today. And say, Father, forgive me. I had thought this was the way. I come back to you. And I live right. And I believe you. And no one lives for God and pays his own wages himself. That's why he was saying, these things will be added to you. The children of Israel walked the desert and the wilderness for how many years? Forty years. For how many days were they responsible for the food they ate? Not even one day. The manna, the will, it was God that took charge. Even their dressing, the Bible says God made sure that their dresses did not wear out. Why? They were living under God's timetable. He took them away from Egypt. He took them through the wilderness. Their responsibility was to walk after him. And that they did very epileptically. Many of the times they would disobey. God would leave them to be conquered and dealt with. And it was his responsibility to also take them to the promised land. But while they were on the way, God paid their wages. Live a right. That is right before God. He will pay your wages in Jesus name. The ambitions. The expectations. He will bring them to come to pass. Not because you struggled. Not because you have made all the scheming. He's not saying that you won't plan. But you will find that with minimal effort. Compared to people who sink all their life there. God will make you cross over in the name of Jesus. No man who has lived right for God has had a cause to complain. Look at Solomon. We'll just close from there. So that you find that God has a template. Live right. Ask his bidding in every situation. Look for what he says you should do with your neighbor. Look for what he says you should do with whatever need you have. Look for what he says you should do when you are challenged in difficult circumstances. Live that way. Live right. And let God be the provider who will sustain you, school or out of school, work or a pensioner, contract or self-employed. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Seek first the kingdom. Seek the righteousness of God. 
all these things will be added. Second Chronicles 1.11 God said to Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked what? Riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of your enemies, neither have you yet asked long life, those things are the concerns of any human being. Is that not so? Those were the things to have sought for. Those were the golden opportunity to say, this is my first priority. Those are the things which we live for. Old or young. God said you did not ask for them first. You did not seek for them first. You have not asked for riches, for wealth, for honor. You have not sought for the life of your enemies Neither have you asked for long life, but you have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Now look at verse 12. Wisdom and knowledge which you ask for is granted unto you. Praise the Lord. Seek my kingdom. Be found in me. Surrender your life to Christ today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't rationalize with God. You don't know how long more you have to live. If you are not yet having a witness in your heart that you belong to God, that's the way to know you are none of these. You are just a churchgoer. Your name is in the register. But heaven has not reckoned with you. And Second Timothy 2.19 will say, The standard of God remains sure. The Lord knows them who are His. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord, who wants to be in the kingdom, depart from what? Iniquity. The Lord knows those who are His. If He knows, He will give you a witness in the Spirit. If you haven't got that witness, then seek Him. He said the game, but He got you, I trust you, and you can raise you. Obu God, when you check go in Abatago Jesus, Jilaka Yomakonya, see a chineke, if I am you, I told him, I told him, it's not hidden. And that's our passion. If you find the kingdom and determine to live in his righteousness, God says, Solomon, that's what you ask for. I give it to you. Now look at the second part. And I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had that have been before you, neither shall there be any after you the like. May that be yours too in the name of Jesus. Seek first the kingdom. Live right to please him. Do right according to God's dictates. Don't look at the society's way of doing things. May your life please heaven at every moment and every time of the day, every day of the month, and every month of the year, the Lord whom you have sought will be responsible for keeping you through in the name of Jesus. You will not struggle like the Gentiles. They will follow after you. We have spent our time but most of the things that I have got since I gave my life to Christ at first year 1977 at FGC have been the lost messes. Through you will read. Through you will plan. But the way they come about and how they come about is God. Sometimes when people are still musing and discussing, God has gone ahead of them. And it's like that. That's the way of the life of a child of God. So you don't mess yourself up. So you don't struggle for them. So you leave a testimony. Can we say God, you are well able to keep your promise. I'm going to find you if you haven't found him. And as I have found you, I will remain in your way of doing things. Come rain, come shine. I will live a life that honors you. 
And as you have found me, now that I belong to you, I will no longer live on my own. Second Corinthians 5, 14, 15. But I will live for you who died and rose for me. He will supply the rest that you need for the rest half of the year and for your life in entirety in Jesus' name. Shall we bow our heads to pray? Can you pray for yourself? Isaiah 54, 14 says, In righteousness shall you be established. When you are established in righteousness, right living with God, terror shall be far from you. Your light shall rise in obscurity. The Lord shall uphold your way. You shall have his peace guiding you. And... He will supply the needs of your heart and your life according to his mercies. In righteousness shall you be established. You shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear. And from terror. For it shall not come near you. Even if they surely gather together, it will not be of God. Whatsoever and whosoever shall gather for your sake, shall fall for your sake. Verse 17. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall arise against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Because their righteousness is of me. And the Lord shall provide for you. He will give grace. He will give glory. And no good thing will he withhold from them that live uprightly. Can you pray for yourself? In righteousness shall you be established. In the things that please God shall be your cornerstone. In the things that honor God shall you be found. Irrespective of opinion or practices around you or in Nigeria at the moment, you will shine forth in the crooked and perverse generation and nation. And you will hold forth the righteousness of God. His standard of living. His attitude of life. In that you will be established. Can you ask the Lord, please forgive me. In the areas in which I have not lived right. In the areas in which I have a multiple personality. I have one personality for my home. I'm like a lion. I am raw. I can be crude. I can be morbid. If anyone ventures to see me at home in my real nature. Lord, your righteousness is not part of it. Forgive me. But when I go out, Lord, I believe and I behave like one who has never killed an man. But Father, what is in me when I go to the office is also if you cannot beat them, join them. If you cannot beat them in school, do like them. If you cannot say much, compromise, be their life. I have not been able to hold up a backbone. I have no identity clearly marked out as a child of God. Living for you. Lord, I have been afraid of what people will say when I do right, when I live right. I have been afraid of persecution. I've been afraid of people judging me. Lord, even when I am doing that which is right, and people making me a minority, and making me castigated. But today, Lord, I pick up strength. Lord, I pick up righteousness again that is already in Christ Jesus. And I surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit to bear out these fruits in my life and point people to you that as my life shines and as I live for you and for your mercy, 
people will perceive and take note and recognize that I am of Jesus. I am a kingdom child and I belong to you and I do that which is right to honor you more than that of men and authorities in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, forgive us, O Lord, in the areas where we have sought first the kingdom and then relegated the righteousness to the background. We have sought first the kingdom. We have taken upon us the name of kingdom members, kingdom lifestyle, kingdom children. But Lord, we have drawn fire again from doing that which you ask by your spirit, by your word, that which is life. We live a life of convenience. But today, we come back to you and say, forgive us and help us, Lord, to live the life that you have already set the standard from the moment we entered into the kingdom. To live a life that honors you, God-fearing, God-pleasing, God-dictated, and that which is clear when it's lived in the world in the name of Jesus Christ. Husbands and wives, students, workers, contractors, business people, civil servants, in the ways we have manipulated, in the ways we have played a lie to the life of the kingdom in righteousness, and denied you by our action, by our faith, Lord, forgive us in the name of Jesus Christ. And Heavenly Father, shine the light upon us again. May people who see us take note where we are coming from. May identity be clear. Restore to us the joy of salvation. And walk in us, Lord, the fullness of your power. To live right for you, even though persecution come, that we may live lives appointed to you. In our manner of life, in our integrity, in our purpose. As Apostle Paul did say, Father, that people may know our manner of life and our purpose. And take note that we have been anchored in you. And heaven will be pleased in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray you, as we determine to live for you, as we determine to live for your righteousness, as we determine to impose your life, your rulership, your authority, at whatever level of platform you have given us, Almighty God, may the things that the Gentiles, may the things that the hidden, May the things that those who do not share part in the kingdom run and live the whole of their lives for, die for, Lord, according to your word of prophecy and sure promise, may they be added in the name of Jesus. May your goodness and mercy, goodness of life, mercies in times of danger and in protection and in furthering us in whatever course of life living you have given us. May they follow in the name of Jesus. May no one here find you a God who is not faithful to your world. But may they find that as we seek your righteousness, as we are in your kingdom, Lord, the needs that others pursue, the daily bread, the jobs, the sustenance, the continuance of life, the comfort, Lord, as much as you desire that we have them, may they follow after us as attachments in the name of Jesus Christ. He spoke of Solomon, that he asked for wisdom. He asked to know you, to judge your people better, things that pertain to your character and nature. He didn't ask for any other thing that was the true of the town. But you gave him what he asked for. And you added to him what he did not ask for. Lord, may we see your additions in Jesus' name. You took the children of Israel 40 years over the wilderness. They were at your charge. You paid their bill. 
cost that as we live as the ambassadors here on earth, live right with you, you will pay our wages. You will pay our bills. You will sustain our living. We shall not meddle ourselves even with the things that others do in and sell your name and character in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Old or young, male or female, working or student, looking for job, retired. May we see your goodness and mercy in every ramification. Follow as we live right for you. This last half of the year in the name of Jesus Christ. Do so with us. Do so with our family. Do so with those who call upon you in righteousness. And establish your grace and power over us. And take all the glory. In Jesus name we pray.